Well, as we come to our time for the sermon, I want to invite you to, you can uh, look in your Bible, you can look at your Bible app, you can look in your bulletin. We're going to be in Romans 15 this morning. And as you find your way there, wanted to say again thank you to everyone who came out last night to uh, McCoy Farm for our 10th birthday party. If you haven't heard, yesterday we celebrated the 10th birthday, the 10th anniversary of Mountain Fellowship's first worship gathering together up here on Signal Mountain. And uh, I think I said in the church newsletter this week that we emailed to you that it was an appropriate day, and, and Mary Ann told us last night that the original Mountain Fellowship Core group intentionally decided to have their first worship service on September 11th. Um, there's some symbolism to that. On, on such a dark day in the history of our nation, uh, we gathered together to be a people who would see and shine the light of the gospel of the glory of God in the face of Jesus, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4. On a day when we remember um, the brokenness of people and the brokenness of places um, and peoples, uh, we gathered together as a church who was committed to share in God's deep gladness, to renew all things, people, places, and things. And so, happy birthday, Mountain Fellowship. So I wanted this morning, in between our summer in the Psalms and before we begin in Ephesians uh, next week, I wanted to just think together about who we are as Mountain Fellowship. And uh, the verse that came to my mind that I think best describes the heart or the spirit or the DNA, if you will, of who Mountain Fellowship is, is Romans 15, 7. And we're going to read that. It's going to be, I'm going to start a few verses before that in verse 4 of Romans 15, but uh, verse 7 is where we're going to have our focus this morning. Would you stand with me and hear the reading of the word of the God who loves you. From Romans chapter 15, starting in verse 4. Paul said, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. You may be seated. Let's pray. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Father, um, we thank you for your word. We thank you that as Paul said that 
it gives us encouragement. It gives us hope so that we might endure. It introduces us to you, the God of encouragement and endurance. It introduces us to Jesus. Um, and we, we long to see him this morning. Um, we long to be embraced in his welcome again this morning as we hear your word, as we come to this table together. Would you come by the power of your Holy Spirit and sweep us up in your embrace? We ask in Jesus' name, amen. So this verse, verse 7, therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. I believe this verse sums up Mountain Fellowship so well. In the three and a half years that we've gotten to know you, I believe this is who we are and who God would ask us to continue to be in the days and years to come. So let, let's just look at it for a few minutes. Let me take it apart, three parts of this. First, welcome one another, Paul says. Um, Paul is summing up, for 14 chapters, he has talked about the glories of the gospel and the way that the gospel uh, gets involved and transform, in, transforms individual lives, relationships, uh, the way that God's people interact in society, and he comes to chapters 14 and 15, and he talks about how we have differences with one another, and he's concerned that those differences may uh, not just distract us, but divide us, and so he sums up, some scholars believe he's kind of coming to a crescendo in this one verse, and he says, Here's what it is, folks. Here's what it means to be the church. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Welcome one another. This word welcome is sometimes translated in other translations, accept. But it, it means to receive something. It means to take to oneself something. And so the idea has come to mean welcome Bring it in. You know, we say when we welcome people, we say, welcome, come on in. And this isn't just a come on into my house, come on in and sit at my table. It's, it's come on into my heart, come on into my life. It's, there's a warmth to this word of receiving. And it's, and it's not uh, the acceptance of just tolerance. Paul's not saying put up with one another. He's not saying... Um, put up with. He's saying share life with. Share your lives with one another. It goes way beyond just putting up with one another. So this kind of acceptance and welcome is not shallow. It's very deep. And so I, as I read that, I thought about that. I said, that's Mountain Fellowship. When I uh, was candidating for uh, this role as pastor um, back in 2017, four years ago this month, actually, I began to be in dialogue with 
the search team of Mountain Fellowship, and they had prepared a document that they just called Our Story, and together as a team, they, they wanted to describe to any pastor who was interested in coming here, well, what is Mountain Fellowship? What are we like? What are, what are we about? Who are we? And uh, I wanted to, I, I went back to that this week, and I wanted to share with you a little bit about what they said was the heart and spirit and DNA of Mountain Fellowship. Of course, in mentioning the mission statement, sharing God's deep gladness and renewing all things, one of the things they said was, our mission statement suggests that others are welcome. Others are welcome. Others who need renewal are welcome to come in and find renewal in Jesus and to share in God's deep gladness and renewing not only themselves, but others and all things. So right there, the heart of who we are is welcome. And then I read, uh, I read this description of Mountain Fellowship. We're a deeply rooted, uh, or it says, a deeply rooted small group ministry is at the core of how Mountain Fellowship does life together, in which we meet in each other's homes at various times during the week. This ministry has been the backbone of our body and by God's grace has kept us going when we might otherwise have decided to quit as a church. This church actually was founded by a couple of fellowship groups from North Shore Fellowship. So we began as a fellowship. We began with welcoming one another. And that welcome of one another held us together, even as it says, when we might otherwise have decided to quit as a church. It, goes, it says, we love having potlucks, picnics, cookouts, and Christmas parties. We strive to be a safe and encouraging place for fellow sinners to repent and believe, to worship, and to find sanctuary and fellowship. We're laid back. In the summer, you'll see many of us in shorts and sandals, and in the cooler months, jeans. Mountain Fellowship's unconventional setting and casual style communicates, come as you are, you are loved. And, and friends, when I started reading that, I, I thought, this is a church I want to go to, much less get to serve. And then I read this. They're trying to describe our personality. I'm still on welcome one another. We are a big family. Uh, this paragraph is just beautiful. We are a big family. We walk through hard things with each other. We are welcoming to newcomers. We are alike, but we are different. We love on each other, but we're not perfect. While not diverse racially, we are diverse in personalities and interests. We are vibrant. We are struggling. We are Southern. We are not Southern. We are artists. We are musicians, we are athletes, we are dancers, we are thinkers, we are doers, we are dreamers, we are quiet, we are loud, we are thriving, we are surviving, we are messy, we are neat, we are imperfectly beautiful, imperfectly beautiful. We laugh, we cry, we mourn, we rejoice, we are vulnerable, we are guarded, 
We're redeemed sinners. We know that God is always good. You see, that describes uh, the heart of who Jesus has made us. We welcome one another. We take one, other, one another in. We say, come on in, not just to my house, but to my heart. I love that about Mountain Fellowship, and that's what drew us to come here and to pray that God would bring us here. But the verse goes on. Paul says, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Um, that's something else that's true about Mountain Fellowship. Our welcome of one another horizontally flows from the welcome we've received from God vertically through Jesus. And so that, that little word, as Christ has welcomed you, it means two things. It means that the welcome of Jesus of us is both the power and the pattern of how we, the, pattern, the power for and the pattern of how we welcome others. It's the power of our welcome of others because it overflows from his welcome of, of us. We read this morning, 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. But then what did that, what did that uh, welcome of Jesus look like? Well, Paul told us back in Romans 5. Listen to what he said. This is... Paul's description of how Christ has welcomed us. He says, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. While we were still weak, and that probably means morally weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Do you, do you hear how we're being described here? It ain't flattering, weak, ungodly, still sinners, under the wrath of God, enemies of God. That's the kind of people that Jesus welcomes. That's the only kind of people there are until he welcomes them. <laughs> but that's the kind of people Jesus welcomes. And that's a pretty serious way to welcome someone is to take them in while they're still sinners. And he loves us as we are, but then he doesn't leave us as we are. He transforms us by his death and resurrection, by his blood. We're not only rescued from the wrath of God, but we're reconciled to God and therefore saved by his life. And not just saved for heaven, but saved in the sense of made whole transformed. The welcome of Jesus 
welcomes sinners where they are, but it doesn't leave them where they are. That's the welcome that empowers our welcome of others. And it becomes the pattern of how we welcome sinners as well. We welcome them as they are, still sinners, but we don't welcome them to leave them as they are. We want them, like us, with us, to be transformed by the grace of Jesus, to be transformed by the embrace of Jesus. And so that's, that's what Mountain Fellowship has always been about. Where do you learn about the welcome of Jesus? Where do you learn about this one who welcomes in sinners while they're still sinners but loves them as they are but doesn't leave them as they are? Where do you learn about that? You learn about that in the Word of God. You learn about it in the Gospel. You learn about it in the sacraments of the table and baptism. You learn about it in what we call the means of grace. Worship, you learn about it. The teaching of the Word, the sacraments, fellowship together. And so I, I read in this description they sent me. They said, we are committed to solid biblical preaching and reformed teaching. We love to worship corporately. We value including ancient creeds and contemporary confessions in our liturgy. Taking communion is a highlight of our service, and we participate in this sacrament almost every week. We have Sunday school classes for all ages. We have a weekly women's Bible study, and now there's weekly men's Bible studies meeting. We have youth group. And in those places, they said, we, we proclaim the gospel and we teach God's word. We teach about God's grace. It's, it's in those places of worship and the word that we learn about his welcome. And we come and rest our hearts in his welcome week after week after week after week together. That drew me to Mountain Fellowship. I wanted to be a part of a community that embraced the welcome of Jesus and then offered the welcome of Jesus to others. And the third thing Paul says is that all of this Receiving the welcome of Jesus and giving the welcome of Jesus to others is for the glory of God. The glory of God is why we do this. The glory of God is our motive for welcoming one another as we have been welcomed. Because we want to make much of Jesus. We want others to make much of Jesus. We want him to be lifted up. But the glory of God is also the fruit of what happens when we rest in the welcome of Jesus and reach out with the welcome of Jesus. And I read that, that picture, word, that vision is given in this document that they sent to me as well. It says, our body seeks to be authentic in worship and in action and to love our neighbors well. We have hopes and ambitions of the gospel breaking out of our church services, out of Sunday mornings, out of our building, out of us, and breaking into the rest of the week, into our neighborhoods, schools, ballparks, workplaces, stores, 
restaurants and businesses into the heart of our neighbors, coworkers, friends, and families. We want the glory of Jesus. We want the making much of Jesus to break out of this and out of us into the places where we work, live, and play every week. And then this line at the end of that paragraph, but we are still young and we're not there yet. I loved a church that would admit that though this is their vision to welcome one another as they have been welcomed in Christ for the glory of God, though this is their desire, it's not yet fully all that they want it to be. And friends, this is who Mountain Fellowship is, but it is who Mountain Fellowship needs to continue to grow to be. It's true of me. It's true of each of you. We all need to grow deeper in our understanding of what it means to live in the welcome of Jesus. We all need to grow in the practice of inviting others into the welcome of Jesus in the way we relate to them. We all need to grow in making much of Jesus and putting his welcome on display his glory on display in the way we relate to one another. It's okay. There's always room to grow. And we, we will do that. We will continue to do that. So why was Paul saying this? Why was he making such a big deal out of the welcome of Jesus? Well, it's because the potential for unwelcomeness was pretty high in the Roman church, in the church at Rome. If you go to chapter 16, the very last chapter of the book of Romans, Paul says hello. He gives greetings to a whole bunch of different people. And if you look a little bit into who these people are and what their names are and what he says about them, you come to find out that it's a very diverse group of people. Uh, there's ethnic diversity. They're from all kinds of, uh, of places or people groups. Uh, there's cultural diversity. There's, there's all kind, they're from all kinds of different cities and places in the empire. Um, some are Greek, some are Roman, some are Jews. There's different genders he mentions, uh, which would be highly unusual the way that he mentions so many women in this last chapter greeting them, thanking them, honoring them, would have been uh, un, unusual in that culture. There's an economic difference between them. You've got, he's talking to slaves and servants. He's talking to aristocrats. He's talking to wealthy people. He's talking to poor people. Paul knows who these people are. He knows how diverse they are, and he, knew, he knows the potential for conflict. And in chapter 14, he was dealing with a specific conflict that they were having, there were differences between two major groups of people, some who believed that they could eat meat that was sacrificed to idols, and some who said, no, my conscience won't let me allow it. And they were in conflict with one another over who should eat meat sacrificed to an idol and who shouldn't. They were majoring on their differences on that level. And Paul was trying to say, those differences uh, are non-essential. So don't let your differences and your divisions 
about non-essential matters destroy your unity in Christ. Don't fall into a habit of not welcoming and accepting someone who's got a different opinion about eating meat than you do when you've all been welcomed by Christ. He was trying to say that the differences that divide us from one another are nothing compared to the differences that divided us from Jesus. We're talking about whether somebody should eat meat sacrificed to an idol and idols aren't real, they're not really gods. Well, that's a small difference when all of us were people who were the outright enemies of God, who had rebelled against him, who had no moral strength to make things right with God. And he reached out and brought us in, welcomed us into his embrace through Jesus. It's, it's like the parable Jesus told in Matthew 18 about uh, the servant who owed uh, his master um, 200, no, wait a minute. I don't remember the exact number of talents, but the equivalent today would be he owed his master 200,000 days worth of wages. 200,000 days worth of wages. There's no way he'd have been able to pay that back. And so his master forgave him of that huge debt. And he walked out and found one of his servants who owed him 100 days of wages. And he said, I want it now. And that servant couldn't pay, and so he threw him in jail. And when the master heard that the one who had been forgiven much would not forgive a little, he threw him in jail for the rest of his life until the debt was paid and it would never be. See, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing that Paul is getting at here. The differences we have between each other are nothing compared to the difference that was between us and God. And if God would send Jesus to welcome us, his enemies, into his embrace, to say, come on in to my house and my heart, how much more then should we look at one another and say, come on in, welcome. And it not be just a shallow, hey, I don't like you, but I'll tolerate you. But it's a real, you, you used to be an enemy of Jesus. I did too. He's forgiven both of us. Since we are one with him, now we're one with each other. Paul says that we are members of one another because we are part of the body of Christ. It's that kind of church that Mountain Fellowship is and that we need to continue to be in a culture that is starving for welcome. In a culture today that divides over every little thing. And friends, let's be honest, the divisions that we're dividing over out there are creeping in here. And Paul says, no, no. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Don't let these little differences that don't mean anything get in the way of your fellowship with one another. And so Mountain Fellowship, we're going to fight. We're going to fight for our fellowship because Christ fought for us 
he fought to be in fellowship with us. Let me close with this. Look at the front of your bulletin. This, I hadn't noticed it until this week, but this verse is displayed in our bulletin every Sunday. Welcome one another. See that box down at the bottom? You ever read that box? This is a beautiful picture of what Paul means when he says, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. So, read it together out loud with me, okay? Here we go. To all who are weak in body or spirit and seek strength. To all who are weary and desire rest. To all who struggle and seek victory. To all who mourn and long for comfort. To all who sin and need a savior. To all who are strangers and seek love and fellowship. To all who hunger and thirst. To all who come. This church opens her, wide her doors and offers welcome in the name of Jesus Christ. This is what we are, and this is what we need to continue to be. This kind, we're not this perfectly. We still have a lot of growing to do when it comes to welcoming these kind of people. By the way, we are these people. But look what that box sits on top of. It sits on top of these five pillars, these five means of grace, we call them. These five, these five pillars are the way that we rest in the welcome of Jesus. These are the ways that we continue to put ourselves in his embrace to hear him say that he loves us. We don't do these things to get him to welcome us. We do these things to enjoy the welcome that he's already given us. And so through the preaching and teaching of God's word and the gospel, through our gathering in worship, through our gathering in fellowship, our gathering in prayer, and our serving one another as Christ has served us, we're continually reminded that we have been welcomed by Jesus and we rest in his welcome. And that gives us the pattern and the power to be a welcoming church. So as we rest in the welcome of Jesus, then from there we reach out with the welcome of Jesus. Last night as we celebrated our birthday together, uh, Nathan had asked several, several of our folks to tell stories about how Mountain Fellowship had impacted them. And I was, I was so delighted uh, <laughs> to hear these two themes come out in the stories they told. They talked about the welcome of Jesus being proclaimed in this church. They talked about the welcome of Jesus being practiced in this church. Those of you who were, who were there, did you not hear those two themes? They were there. Mountain Fellowship, this is who we are, and this is who, by God's grace, we must continue to be. Imagine in a world that is so unwelcoming these days, imagine this being a place, an oasis, in a desert of welcome, an oasis where people can come and know the welcome of their God and know the welcome of God's people. Father, would you...
continue to make us that kind of people more and more and more. Help us to continue to proclaim the welcome of Jesus and to practice it. We ask in Jesus' name.